1: to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: Attention to John chapter 4. We'll begin our reading at verse number five, Then the word of the Lord reads as follows. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asks a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, call your husband and come. The woman answered him and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Let me skip over and just want to read a couple more verses. Verse 27, it says, And at this point the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pots, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Amen. Father in heaven, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will manifest itself and show up in an extraordinary way. Father, speak to our hearts and meet us on the pages of our life this morning. I pray for those who are listening, God, that any barriers that might be up might be brought down. Any struggles that they may be going through might be addressed. Father, I pray that the power of your word would encourage a response. That if anybody doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that this would be the day that they would come and say, Lord, give me that living water. Father, I pray that those that are lost and drifting in their fellowship, that they would return today to restore the broken fellowship that they may have had with you. I pray, God, that those that are in need of edification would be edified. I pray that your name, most of all, would be glorified. God, in all that is said and all that is done in this place, it's my prayer, God, that you would use me as a vessel in your hand. I stand here, God, willing and desirous to be used by you to accomplish your will. So, God, use me in whatever manner you see fit. Allow my mind to be clear, my thoughts to be clear, my articulation of speech to be clear, that whatever comes forth, God, would glorify you in the most incredible way. Spirit of the Lord, I thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do, because I believe by faith you have a work to be done in this place and through this message on today. So have your way, God, even now, in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. and I've been preaching through a series of messages entitled Divine Encounters Around the Water and at the Wells. We started our journey in Mark chapter 5. We preached there from the subject matter, Deliverance by the Water. The last time that we were together, we were in Luke chapter 8, and we spoke there from the subject matter, Peace on a Stormy Sea. In this particular text this morning, we find Jesus early in his ministry, and he is traveling along the way, leaving out of Judea and on his way to Galilee. But in the process of this, what Jesus does is he takes a route to get to Galilee by going through Samaria. Completely unknown to his disciples who are traveling with him, Jesus has a divine meeting that is scheduled in Samaria. So when he gets... There he sits down at the well of Jacob. The woman of Samaria comes to the well at the sixth hour of the day, and Jesus is already there. When she gets there, she's about to have a divine encounter with the Lord. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter grace at the well. Grace is the un earnable favor of God the first part of this text that I read in your hearing says that he came to the city of Samaria Sankar it's near the plot of ground of Jacob that Jacob gave to his son Joseph it's at the well of Jacob Jesus therefore being weary from his journey sat thus by the well and it was about the sixth hour the first movement of the text is that he comes to her by grace Let me begin by saying that there's nothing special about this woman that you or I would write down or register that would qualify her to have a special meeting with Jesus. But yet, Jesus takes the unusual route through Samaria just to have a meeting with this woman. His coming to her is strictly by grace. She doesn't deserve it. If you and I had to meet with the woman at all, we would have told her, why don't you come over here and meet me where I'm comfortable? But Jesus doesn't do that. It is in the same manner that he came to you and I. Because you and I did not deserve him to come to us. But by grace, he comes. Because like this woman There's no way that we could have possibly met him where he was. The reason why he came to you and me by grace is because he couldn't sit in heaven and say, why don't y'all come up here and meet me where I'm comfortable? But rather what he did was he undressed himself of his royal diadem, wrapped himself up in human flesh, and was born into the world to come to us by grace. Secondly, he communicates... With her about grace. Listen to what he says to the woman. He says in verse number seven, he says, Woman, give me a drink. Jesus asked this woman for a drink that he might provoke a conversation about grace. The woman is quick to point out right away, Why are you speaking to me? And she gives him two reasons why you ought not be speaking to me. Verse number nine, the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. As a Samaritan is grace, the fact that he's talking to her, she's a woman and he's a rabbi, he's a religious man, if you will. We ultimately know he's God, but why are you talking to me? I should be disqualified from you even asking me to give you anything. But by grace, he asked anyway. Verse number 10, Jesus answers and says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What Jesus does here in his communication with her about grace is he's trying to point her to two things that you need to understand and you don't know. First of all, you don't know the gift of God. And secondly, you don't know who I am. This is the problem with a whole lot of folks. They don't know the gift of God. The gift of God is grace. Because everything about our potential relationship with God is by grace. And because Jesus is the gift of God and He tells the woman, if you not only had known the gift of God, but also who I am. If you had known that I was the grace you need to get you out of your mess, you would have asked me to give you some living water. This woman is so messed up that she says she's going to do like what most folk are going to do. She's going to lean on her human intellect. She missed the power of the spiritual conversation that Jesus is trying to have with her. She says, dude, this is my version of the story. Dude, this is a deep well. You don't have nothing to dip with. How are you going to give me living water? Because she's thinking I'm in a better position than you are. I at least got the bucket that I can lower down in the well and I can get this water. Where are you going to get water from? You do not even have a bucket because she thinks she got it. And then she wants to know, this is verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answers her and said, he says, whoever drinks from this water, from Jacob's well that you have exalted so highly, they're going to thirst again. So in other words, tomorrow you'll be back here at this well for some more water. Because the water you're drinking... The sin you're taking in, the thing you're doing to try to satisfy that void that's in you can't be satisfied like the water I'm going to give you. Jesus says, I would have given you some living water. And he goes on. He builds his case. Whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus, as he addresses this woman, as he talks to this woman about grace, he tells her that what I have to give to you is living water. And the water that I want to give you, the grace that I want to extend to you, will keep you satisfied over and over and over and over again. In fact, it'll be the substantive water that will uh, allow you to have everlasting life. I'm going to give you grace. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to you. what I want to give you. And so he comes back and he's trying to help her understand the other second thing that she didn't know. He says, you need to know the gift of God, but you also need to know who I am. And then if you know the gift of God, that I am your gift and I am the gift of God and that who I am is God in the flesh, then you'll get it. So they have this conversation and they get into what I call the Samaritan and Jewish typical argument. And so they get into that discussion in the text that I didn't read, but I, I want y'all to just read it at your own leisure. So they get back and forth. There's a back and forth conversation between verses 19 or so and all the way up over to verse 24. And then he tells her, you know, God is, is a spirit in those who worship him and must worship him in spirit and truth. So they go through this whole argument. And then th- watch this. So the woman says to him in verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. He helps her in this conversation about grace to know who he is. Let me, let me help you how this applies to you and me. If you don't know who God is, you're going to seek the wrong grace. If you don't know that Jesus is God, if you don't know that he who speaks to you is the one who's capable of giving you everlasting life, you'll miss out on the best grace God has to give. And so he tells the woman, woman, I'm him. You're, you're talking to the one. You're talking to the Messiah. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Here's Jesus in Samaria telling a woman at the well by herself, who he is. And later on, when Peter finally kicks it out and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God, he says, Shh, don't tell nobody. Why does she get such privilege to have knowledge of who he is at her will? Grace. She didn't deserve that. But grace, he he provides it for her. And so he has this conversation with her about grace, and then he lets her know exactly who he is. He lets her know the gift of God, and he lets her know who he is. Now, finally, and I'm out of your way, here's the part I don't want y'all to miss. In, in, In verse 16, I think it is, somewhere around us, Jesus says to her after she had asked him, you know, give me that water. I want some of that. He says to her, go call your husband and come here. Let me let me let me help you with something. Before he asks this question, he already knows this lady's whole life. He knows everything about her. All right. Now, she says to him. I have no husband. You think Jesus was surprised? Like, oh, man, my bad. No, he already knew she didn't have a husband. But watch this. What he's doing is he is confronting her about her sin with grace. Unlike us, when I know you a sinner, oh, you're a dirty sinner. We need to address people with grace. This is what Jesus does. Jesus knows everything about her. He knows the life she's lived. He even articulates, he says, no, I know you don't have a husband. You've you've had five. And the man you're with right now, you just shacking up. Jesus, I know that. But he didn't address it. What he did is he gave her an opportunity to confess her own sin. We need to learn how to address people with grace. Let them confess their own sin. That is not your job. We need to season our tongue with a little more grace. If you wonder why folk don't want it, why won't they get saved? Because you nasty. You are not gracious in your conversation about heaven. It repels people. It doesn't invite them in. Every little thing they do, you won't beat them up for. Even after they get saved. I'm just talking about church people. We want to undo the work that Christ did on the cross. And even though he said that this salvation is eternal, we want to uneternal it. Because of something somebody did, and we want to send them to hell. You, you, who made you God? We have got to get better at this, especially in the household of God. Because we will drive people out of the church and out of the fellowship. Because we want to beat them up with sin that they have done that we might be doing our own self. Jesus doesn't do that. He says to this woman, he says, look, go get your husband. So it was an opportunity for her to say, oh, yeah, I'll be back. She could have lied. She could say, okay, yeah, let me go get my boo. She's honest. Grace given to her and presented to her creates an opportunity for her to be honest about her issue. She said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus lays out not for her so much. I think he lays this out for us. So we can know her history. Yep, you've had five husbands. After Jesus deals with that, the woman says, I perceive you're a prophet. Because only a prophet would know all that. I just met you. You, You're not even a Samaritan. You don't live here. How could you know that? You must be a prophet. And then, watch this. After all this has been extended to her, and all this that goes, works out. If you get down to around verse 27, and it says, and at this point, his disciples came back. They were amazed. They marveled that he was there talking with a woman. Remember what I told you? He, he shouldn't be talking with a woman. And even as they marveled, they don't even ask the question, what, what do you seek? Or why are you even talking with her? Nothing. They, they don't deal with that. The woman then left her water pots went her way into the city and said to the men, she shared it with those she knew. And she shared it with the circle of those perhaps that she even had been sinning with. And when she shares it with them, she says, I met a man who told me everything I ever did. Now, remember, she already had good theology to say, I know the Messiah is coming and the Messiah will be able to tell us everything. So now she goes to town and tells the men, I've met a man who told me everything I ever did. And then she asks the question, could this be the Christ? But, but, and I love that. I love the witness that comes out of grace because when grace has been poured on you, you can't help but share it with somebody else. And you might not know the people on the high side of town. You you might not know all the sophisticated people. Maybe the only people you know is people that's running the street and gunning with you and the people that's drinking with you. But go tell them. She goes and tells them what had happened in her life. The testimony. I ran into this man who met the qualifications of the Messiah and he told me everything. Could this be him? Verse 29. Come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Watch number 30. Then they went out of the city and came to Jesus. Y'all see how this thing works? When he comes to you by grace and he communicates with you about grace and you embrace grace and you have it for yourself, then, Lord help me God, you can go and tell somebody else. About the grace that brought you, about the grace that saved you, about the grace that delivered you. And you could tell them I met a man who told me all about myself. He didn't condemn me. He didn't write me off. He didn't throw me into hell. He didn't threaten me with danger. No, he loved me. He wrapped his arms around me and he accepted me just how I was. I was messed up and tore up from the floor up. But God, by his grace, he loved me and he embraced me and he called me his own. Far too many Christians walking around acting like you always were saved. You need to tell people what really happened. This woman was telling the men that she was messed up with. I was messed up, with this man met me at the well extended grace to me and didn't condemn me but he welcomed me in and he meets the qualifications of the messiah and when they heard it these other people heard it these sinners heard it they came because they said i need to meet that jesus who doesn't condemn you. I need to tell me about this Jesus. Who can deliver me from my bad habits. Who even when I have messed up everything in life. He still cares enough about me. To talk to me. To walk with me. To be patient with me. To give me an opportunity. To get it out myself. To get myself in the position. where I'll confess my sin. And I'll ask him come into my life give me this living water that I'll never thirst again I've been thirsting all my life trying to satisfy a God shaped hole that only he could satisfy but I met a man his name is Jesus yeah yes
1: Lord grace at the well You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at cateringministries.org, or contact our church office at 301 Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buchus Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence